I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph Oh, you guys. We're it's back. been a while I since know. I've been on the air. How are you feeling? I am feeling okay, but I have to publicly, I feel like publicly apologize that I bailed on you at a live broadcast oh, at Maynard's at 8, 10 in the morning. We, t- we told everybody you had food poisoning. I think I did. Because I just, you know, I'd been up since six. Yeah, we don't have to go into the details. No, but I kept Thank trying you. to like. Yeah, rally. You were trying to yes. rally. But listen. It was probably the best time to have a giant baby fill in because while we're down at Mallard's, it was like they just kept putting food in front of us. And Jake was like, this is great. <laughs> I heard the food was great. Oh, it was great. It's great. Yeah. So I'm sorry for those of you that came out and blah, blah, blah. It was just it could be unavoided. And then I the next week I was gone. Yeah. And then we were both gone. No, we were both gone the next week. Yeah, you were in Chicago doing Chicago. Bob's Pizza. Uh-huh. And then you were, you've been just gone. Yes. So it's been fun, though. Um, yeah, no, and then we had Molly on. So it's been okay. So you have, you've been missed, but you've not been, it's not been a loss. Let's yeah. Let's it like that. And sometimes it's good to have different perspectives, yeah. right? It's always fun. So, boy, you had uh, a couple things we need to discuss. Yeah, I know. There was, it, yesterday was like the news dropping of all the news droppings. Scoop of the century. Both Bachelor of- Farmer got sold. I know. This was a thing that like I've sort of been digging around in. I'm not going to lie. That's the journalism side. If you guys want to really know how this works. Um, you know, the, the building's been for sale forever and I've been hearing little things about people walking through it. I have a certain chef who said, hey, I walked through this building. I would. I don't think I got it. We didn't get it. And I said, who got it? And he's like, I don't know. So that started me looking around and I started asking questions to people and I just put, I kind of put two and two together. I'm like, well, who's doing a lot of openings right now? And who can afford it? Right. So what it turns out is the Bachelor Farmer, uh, the building that Eric Dayton bought, you know, uh, way back in... Gosh, what was it? Uh, I had it in the story. Anyway, um, it was eight hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, and when he bought it in, was it two thousand nine? I think so, something like that. And it was basically worth. Um, well, last year twenty and twenty twenty one was evaluated at three point seven million. So, not to say that they did not put a ton of money into that space. Let's be very, very clear. Sure. It was a, like a hoarder's building mm-hmm. when they moved into it. So, uh, anyway, it's obviously news is that Ryan Burnett, who is a partner in, you know, Barla Grassa and Barrio, and, you know, he was a partner in Birch Steak. He is, um, he, he's with Danny Del Prado, who is right now opening more restaurants than anybody. And it's kind of interesting because I think a lot of people are kind of like, well, you know, like, it's crazy. He just doesn't stop. Well, this is a different thing, and this is interesting. It's like him and Brian Ingram. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like two dudes who are just, two bald dudes who are just, like, going to town. But I think it's super interesting with this one specifically because this is an ownership piece for him. And that was one of the interesting things he talked to me about 
was that he watched The Founder, the yeah. McDonald's movie. And yeah, I was with like, Michael Keaton. He said it was a moment for him. He literally said, like when the guy said, you don't build an empire getting one quarter of a 15 cent hamburger, no matter how many you make, you just don't build an empire. He's right. He goes, you you build an empire by owning the land that the burger is made on. And it's true, like if you're just doing business, you know, look at Target. Target owns a yeah. large percentage of their real estate portfolio. Yeah. And I mean, granted, not everybody can do that. You know what I mean? That's like one of those. That's definitely a goal. And it can go south on you, too. There's something to say about yeah. having to own the building and then having to deal with all of the things that come with owning a building. But if you're really in a place where you're kind of moving into next levels, owning real estate is sort of that's the thing that doesn't go away is land. So um, that's just interesting as far as diversifying your portfolio. And, you know, the things that Danny has been doing have been largely by contract. And so a lot of people are like, wow, how can he own all this stuff? Well, he doesn't. Right. You know, he Aaron Switz is a, is his partner in Maconda and Josefina out in Wyzetta. And Aaron Switz has great infrastructure. Aaron Switz has a company. You know, he's a guy who uh, helped. He launched a yogurt lab mm-hmm. and uh those kind of play and, you know, soda roll and agriculture. <clears throat> and so he has restaurant infrastructure in place so he can run the behind the scenes stuff and then danny can come in do a recipe install a kitchen tell everybody how to do create the concept and then they go yep so the partnerships are a great thing that works out but then you know and i i don't know what their you know ownership setup or like what a percentage looks like but nonetheless um there's less risk for him in those obviously um and so he has the ability to kind of bob and weave and the other thing that he talked about to me was that I think is really important is when everyone's like, well, you're going to be spread so thin. But you know what Danny's doing smartly? He is building his restaurant company. So he is hiring people and he is doing things where he says, you know, people in the restaurant industry, they want to see a path for growth. I'm not the only one who wants to like achieve and have ambition. People in my company, they want to be a server. Then they want to be a manager. Maybe they want to be, you know, a beverage director. Maybe they want to own a place. Maybe Mm -hmm. they want to. So he's trying to help give them a path to that. So it's interesting. I'm he's one to watch for sure. And smart. And the Bachelor Farmer, what that's gonna turn into is gonna be this Argentinian steakhouse. And he this is gonna be ownership for him. So this is gonna be really personal. This is where we see what started with Martina, which is that Argentinian flair. Ar- you know, Martina is supposed to be like a weekend house, like in like where they would go and they would have seafood and steaks. This is gonna be a little bit more formal. This is gonna be a little bit more, you know, I think meat focused and Yum. it's gonna be good. I don't know. I mean, I hope it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be good, but like with between Ryan Burnett and Danny doing it, you have two veterans who know how to do stuff. So likely it's going to be great. Yeah. So there, that was the big news. And then the other news that dropped was, which is kind of interesting because it's also about real estate is uh, the revival guys have decided to close the original location of, uh, of revival and you know it was they bought it when it was corner table and they didn't buy that building they just bought the the business and then they turned that into revival and moved corner table up the road well when corner table closed and then the pandemic and then they just moved revive you know revival smoked meats into that spot so now they have two locations within blocks of each other and i think it just became where they thought we'll keep the fried chicken you know in one spot and we'll keep the um you know we'll keep the uh smoky meats the barbecue up in another spot and they said that the neighborhood kept saying, why can't we just have them together? Like, I want my fried chicken. And do they own the corner table building? And that's the deal. Yeah. Like, So if they're going to give up one, they're going to hold the building that they own, you know, and they can, you know, they have equity in that and they can do whatever they want to it versus having to pay the landlord and all the rest yep. out of that lease. And so 
I think that just was it just was a streamlining thing. The other piece of news that I want to touch on real briefly, because it's the Uptown Art Fair this weekend and you got to tour Arts and Rec, which yeah. is in the former Libertine space. And I'm curious about what that felt like. You know, it was upstairs. It was only the upstairs. It was only the rooftop that was ready. And it felt a little bit like the same old rooftop, but just with new art on it, which is fine. Yeah, it was, it was a great rooftop yeah, in the day. It was a top rooftop. I really liked that rooftop better me than too. I did, you know, across the street. Stella, yeah, yeah, me too. I liked it better, too. It just felt, and it's just a little bit more, um, I don't know, it just feels a little more high quality. And there's... Great art, you know, like cute little fun things. And the food up there is really good um, and really fun drinks. You know, I like, like fun drinks, good bar food, yeah, it something was really happening in Uptown. Yeah. Good for them. And then downstairs, we did get a tour of the downstairs. And I have to tell you, it is going to be massive. And from what it sounds like, it's going to be when it, they finally, it was just framed out. So they're like still in this, you know, phases. But it's like every room's going to be a, a golf hole. And then there's like, also, like mini golf. Yeah. And then there's going to be, you know, a bar and a restaurant. There's going to be a little speakeasy. And then they're going to use that black room that was in the back of Libertine. They're going to use that as like a little black box theater. Cool. Which is great. Perfect so, for the neighborhood. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. And I'm really excited to see what they do with it. Ben Graves is obviously someone who knows, you know, he wasn't really attached to the project before, but in name. And then I think because it got announced too early. You know, that happens when you have developers yeah. that get psyched and they put stuff out and it wasn't all set. And now now that we know that Ben Graves is attached to it, that makes me think I understand how he runs hospitality and it's a good thing. Yeah. Excellent news. Yeah. We're also while we were gone, State Fair beers broke. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to tell you a little about my trip and we're going to thank our friends at Hornitos for sponsoring the show. And yeah. we come back from the Weekly Dish. Good morning and welcome back to the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Here was here with Steph March. Sorry, I shouldn't step on you. Um, it's been a while. I'm very rusty. I did a TV segment this last week. And you and came back and you were like, boom, I'm into it. I forgot like half of the ingredients <laughs> for my dish. So I was sprinkling imaginary cheese onto my watermelon salad. But oh you know. God. Um, yeah, we went, uh, so I was gone and I went to Rome for a couple days and then I went sailing in Croatia for a week, which is a place I had been before, but yeah. since before the pandemic. So it was really great to go back and visit way more crowded. Yeah. Like uh, they never shut down. Croatia never shut down during the pandemic. You did have to have a negative COVID test to get into the country. You did. But all the Europeans got their negative COVID tests and just kept going. So there have been people sailing there for these three years and infrastructure has been built up. It's apparently now one of the largest marinas in the world. Wow. So that was pretty shocking because when we first started going there, it was very undiscovered. I was going to say you were sort of. Yeah. And like always like, I don't know. We're going to we're going to see what we can find. Yes. And you would go into a little area, a little port or a little uh, marina area and there wouldn't even be mooring balls or docks. You would just anchor and all of that is changed. Like there's mooring balls everywhere you go. It's very busy. There's big boats. They do this thing called Yacht Week. And when we first started going to Croatia, it seemed like a thing that college kids did. And what you do is you go and you stay in your stateroom on a yacht, usually a 50 foot yacht with someone or you can buy a single and it's a giant party week. Oh, so in the day. There were like college kids doing this Yacht Week. And yeah. as people that weren't involved in Yacht Week, you tried to go places where they weren't. Okay. Right. They right. Because that take would over be like a bay and woo. it was like a giant unst, unst, unst fest. Yeah. Yeah. There were 50 boats in one of the ports that we were at for Yacht Week. 
And the people I met for Yacht Week were like thir- in their 30s. Well, sure. It was more like a single scene now. Sure. That was kind of interesting to me. Because they can afford it. Right? Yeah. That's great. So the food in Croatia is very different than the food in Italy, kind of, which is funny because it's right across the sea. Yeah. It's fish, potatoes, eggplant. It's things they can grow literally on their islands. Yeah. When you're in Italy, everything is pasta and bread and pasta and pizza and pasta and pizza. There's not as much of that in Croatia at all. Really? Yeah. So we started out in Italy. And the thing I'll say about traveling in Europe for me, it's very difficult for me to go to a a town or a country and be like, okay, on this Friday, we're going to eat at this restaurant. We've got this reservation because we just like to go and wander and look around and go into neighborhoods. Yeah. But I mean, also for that, that seems like that specific, you know what I mean? Like it felt like you guys were like, you know, that was like the wandering plan. You know what I mean? Yes. Like when you go to Mexico City, you may be like, well, I need to, you know, I'll be in this neighborhood. And so, I've, you know, like when I go to Paris, when you go to the big When you cities, go to Paris, you need to have reservations and, make, and you need to know where you're going. Say, yeah. So if you're kind of in the countryside, I think, and if you're just sort of wandering to, between villages and stuff, I think your plan is the best. And also I would say in Rome. Yeah. Because... The thing about Italy that's amazing, and Rome is dirty. Yeah. Rome is full of trash. Yeah. Rome is busy and crowded. Right. But it's also beautiful and amazing and so historic. And every t- corner you turn, there's something cool to look at. Right. It's one of my favorite cities, despite all the trash and right. the dirtiness of it. When you go to Rome, you can eat anywhere. Yeah. And get relatively good food. This is right. Anywhere. Right. Right. You know, because it's pizza, it's noodles, and it's delicious salads and burrata and mozzarella cheese. Yeah. So it's like Period. luxury eating in a weird way, but just in any little corner. In thing. any little corner neighborhood. Yep. You know, in, in Croatia, it's a little bit like that, too. Mm-hmm. But it's all the same food. Yeah. No matter how high end or low end or neighborhood or not, it's literally all the same fish, the yeah. same types of vegetables, the same preparations. Everybody's got their house wine that they've grown in their vineyard in the back of their house. Amazing. So it is amazing, but it's like there's no point in looking for like these amazing like restaurants restaurant. because they're just going to have amazing preparations of the same types of food you're already eating. Yeah. So we just go for whole fish. Yeah. And we just eat whole fishes and prawns and pick through them and have a side of grilled vegetables. And that's pretty much it. That's kind of amazing. We did have there's my favorite place there is they make this like fiery red sauce with pasta with lobsters. And it's lobster diablo. Diablo. Yes. Uh, yeah, a la diablo. I and love that. It was, we had a reservation. Angry lobster, too. Yeah, That's we a, drove, you, yeah. like, in the boat. We, you know, Wait, drove are you saying this morning. is Croatia or Italy? This is uh, Croatia. Okay. We we motored in the boat because yep. there was no wind. Yeah. Six hours to get to this place. Oh, my God. And we get there. And right as we pull into the port, this weird 45-mile-an-hour windstorm that is not even on our apps blows in. And boats are just blowing all over the place. And you realize, you know, it's kind of like an RV park. Yeah. So if your neighbor can't park his drive his RV, it's danger to you because yeah. there's a lot of people driving these massively large boats that yeah. really have no business driving them. Yep, yep. And they're, you know, a guy and his wife and they're two kids and he's yelling at his wife and he can't even hear because the wind is so fierce. <laughs> oh, my God. And they're trying to grab mooring balls and tie ropes and... It was pretty uh, entertaining, but also nerve wracking for about an hour watching this whole scene. And then it started pouring rain and thundering. 
Oh, and yikes. Lightning. Like it is right now. Yeah. So it was like, well, we can't really get in a dinghy in this weather. No. And thank God, as a sailor and people that have done this before, we always have an emergency meal. Yeah. So Kurt was like, it's time for the emergency meal. Because mm-hmm. we waited up until like 10 minutes before the reservation. And then we called and said, we can't make it. We can't get and there. And we're right. Literally, we can see the restaurant. Oh, God. We you're just kidding. Can't get you there. just can't get no. there. That's frustrating. So it was all right. I just, I was frustrated for about five minutes and I was like, okay, this could be worse. Yeah. So we just. You never wanted to like just jump in and swim? (laughs) You probably could have, but you're still swimming in a lightning storm. That's true. That's bad. And then you pull, you pull yourself up on the dock and you're all soaked. Yeah, no, I know. But I did, I was like trying to think of any way I could get there. Thinking about like a raft. Yeah. Could I like paddle over there in my raft? Right. Um, anyway, so we did have a, a emergency meal situation, but it was great. We had a good time. And then we, when we docked the boat, it was like, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon. Cause you have to be back in the port by three. And it was very hot all over Europe. It was boiling hot. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, okay, now it's 98 degrees Ugh. and we're in a marina. Yeah. Boat tied up, boat, 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 boat. You can't get any air. There's no wind. There's no wind. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so hot. And Kirk goes, you know what? Let's just. Let's just book a different flight. Let's just go to let's go to Italy tonight. So we did. Oh, so we so quick, you just we got, got our boat. boat checked out and we got our backpacks and we went to Italy that night. We got in kind of late. Nothing happens in Italy till eleven o'clock at night. Anyway, we yeah. ate dinner, woke up, so we had a whole nother nice day in Rome. Good. Yeah, it was a great trip. Kurt and I are great travelers together. Yeah, we you guys have a really do. Time. You don't ever get into like huge fights or or if you do, it doesn't affect your trip. I guess no, we get into fights at home. Yeah. That's true. Europe is fully back. Everybody is traveling. Yeah. If you're is. going anywhere, please do not pack. It's all carry on. You're there's so much luggage in every airport we saw. What do you mean? Just luggage is lining the hallways. Unclaimed luggage. What? The luggage thing where people they said that sixty percent of the flights aren't there's lost luggage. Because of bag, not having the right Don't amount know. of bag baggage handlers. Don't I think it's know. a labor thing that just sort of then has spiraled. All I know is every airport we were in, there's massive amounts of lines, which is fine, and bags everywhere. So carry on your stuff. We had backpacks. But don't pack a huge thing. Like, don't make a carry-on that's, like, you know, massive. They're pretty small. The European plane, um, the carry-on regulations are even smaller than America. Yeah. So check that. Well, see, that's the thing. is like, I was coming home from Chicago. There was a woman. They were like, you're going to have to check your bag. And she's like, it's small enough. It'll fit. Like, she had a fit about it. Like, no, probably "Mm, not. Probably not, lady. Also, masking. Very optional. I was, Kurt and I were very surprised. We masked. And we were, you know, in a taxi, in a plane, in a plane, in a taxi, in a plane. It was like one day of just 25 hours of traveling. I had my mask on the entire time, but we were one of the few people. Yeah, I don't, I I would say that just even in the little bits of like tooling around, you know, between Chicago and back and all the rest, it doesn't seem like, seems like that's just like, but I also say like the people who are wearing them, like, it's just like great. You know what I mean? And they could be immune compromised and you don't know. Yeah, Yeah. people, nobody's, nobody has One lady asked me, she goes, you know, you don't have to wear masks anymore. Wow. And I said, yeah, it's for your safety and mine. So it's fine. Yeah. And I just kept going. Yeah. Um, Nobody, I was going to say, I haven't seen anybody have any problems with it. I, you know, people are, there's a lot of lines and people were pretty respectful. Yeah. People were pretty chill, but great, great trip. Good. And yeah. So 
On to State Fair. Okay. On to State Fair. You've done your traveling. Well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about uh, some blue ribbon things that you guys should be getting ready for. There's some competitions you should enter, I think, Mm -hmm. this year. When we come back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We want to talk about some State Fair stuff. Let's start with some beers. We do. Okay. So the State Fair beer list came out. There are uh, 46 new ones, 43 returning beverages, a total of 300 new and previous beverages. Yeah. Lots of beverages. I don't feel like you're going back for those beverages. You know what I mean? Unless you have a favorite. Like, you're not going to go through that list of, like, you can only get them here at the State Fair, but like you're not going to go through that list, really. You're no. going to go find the ones that you love from the last time, the pickle, pickle beer. Kirby but now Pucker. that I have an olive beer, I may be yeah, fine. Yeah, I know I thought about you. So here's some trends that I just noticed overall. Okay. Lots of cherries, mangoes, peaches, pineapples, lots of fruits. Citrus. So uh, much orange. Of, yeah. So much orange. That's what I saw. So much orange. Orange, lemon, lime. Yep. Sweets, a little less this year than in years past. Like, yeah, there wasn't a chocolate infused Tootsie Roll beer and a macaroon flavored beer, but yep. usually we get like. Well, there's a lot of, there is still a lot of slushy and do not, I mean, the slushies will be sweet. You know what I mean? So. Lots of slushies. Lots of slushies. Tart, hazy, and infused. Uh, there was an 8% ABV beer, which I, did see that. I thought, wow, okay, that a that's very, a lot. That's, that's a big one. Normally they're hovering around four to five. Which is good because that's, you know, sessionable and stuff. There's a couple sixes and then there's that 8%. They're crowd controlled New England double IPA. So it's super, super hoppy. Um, it's from Blackstack and it's at Ballpark. But it is. And I bet it'll be super tasty. 8%. But it's 8% is a big beer to wow. be walking around the fair. Yeah. Um, Ciders also uh, had some interesting wine collaborations, which I thought were interesting. Had you heard of Round Lake Vineyards and Winery? No. It's in Round Lake. Uh, oh, yes, yes. No, yeah, I did. I've heard of it, but I've never had anything. And all of a sudden, they popped up in all these iterations with yeah. folks with well, ciders. Because the, the the wine, Minnesota wine growers, you know, their booth specifically has a lot of great support for local wine growers and stuff. And I'm glad to see that because I feel like there have there's just been sort of like, I, I, I would just rather almost have like wine flights and to, you know, celebrate some of the stuff that they're doing than to have too much like... Here's a wine slushy. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, Frosé is definitely something, you know, that's a thing, but like, you don't have to go so far into that. And realm. to discover Minnesota grapes and yes. wines that you like, because they're, it's way better seen than it was even 10 years ago. Oh my God. So much better. So, so yeah. I'm going to call out two beers that I'm excited about, and you call out two that you're excited about, because I already know that way your two are. No, you don't. <laughs> Unless you surprise me. Okay. okay. Strawberry Rhubarb Cider. Yeah. Like, okay. Sociable cider works. It's going to be at Lula's Public House. I can't wait to have that. Right. Um, I am excited about a green apple wine slushy, oh. just because I love that green apple taste. So I was like, oh, that could be fun. That's going to be at um, the Minnesota Wine Country. Okay. Another right. one I'm excited about, and then I'll let you. Because <laughs> you said <laughs> I got I know, two. But and chili, <laughs> chili pineapple express sour from Prize Brewing. Okay. Right? No, and they're like, and remember, like, Prize is doing great stuff with sours, and it's really interesting. And they've had some hot, spicy beers that I've really Ugh, liked, too. I'm just on the Prize wagon. In me, fact, too. Me, too. Jeremy, actually, he texted me last night and told me that, like, the the thing that they're doing, that the wine hybrid one the uh, that I'm going to mess up right now is running out. So you've got to go eat it. We'll talk, or okay. drink it. But first, obviously, we're going to just go start with the olive lager, because it's an olive-infused golden lager. The classic Midwest martini where you take your, you know, you take your beer and you plump, you put a little olive in it. 
Um, 5% ABV, which is great. It's from Insight Brewing. It's at Giggles, which is great. The, Giggles does not have a new food this year, I don't think. You know what? I didn't see Steph Shimp having a lot oh, of... Oh, she's got... They've got stuff on there, but Blue Barn has a thing. All of a sudden, now I'm questioning it. But Giggles does not have um, a sanctioned new food. Yep. We? So I'm sure that they'll have a bonus new food because they're so good at doing that. But we'll have to take. We'll have to wait until those lists come out. Um. I, no, Chef Shimp does have one on there because she was taking it around. Okay. She's got a breakfast gnocchi. Oh, that's what it is. Right. Yes. Okay. So, but did she have a beer? Uh, yeah. There's a there's a beer in here. I have to look at it. Okay, because I, mean, I didn't see that either. Um, but the other one, obviously, that I'm excited about is the Pit Boss one. Yes. Yeah, see, I did is, guess your two. I know you did. Uh, and that is because it's Bauhaus and Animales Barbecue, and they are. Um, it's really kind of interesting, you guys. They're doing it at RC's Barbecue, which is, of course, Charlie Torgerson, which John and Charlie worked together a long time ago. Which is the former Famous, famous Dave's, Dave's Barbecue yep. Shack. Um, but this one is, I mean, did you see the photo that he put up of smoking all the peaches? Yes. Whew, it looks good. smoked peach, uh, crisp, lingering malt sweetness. I am just here for this. Me too. 5% ABV. ABV. I'm just, it's going to be great. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, the other one that I was, I was not mad at this pineapple or pina colada. <gasps> I saw that one too. It's also caf. It's also Bauhaus. I do love their beers. Um, it's pina coladas that I think is sort of interesting because it's brewed with a pineapple puree, lime zest, and a special blend of hops that gives you that notes of coconut. So it's not going to be like, this, I think it's not going to taste like suntan lotion, but it's going to give you that moment. And it's only 4.5% ABV, so I that's a that. good sipper for and it's walking at around. Cafe Caribe, which, you know, is a great space to have a have a drink. Okay, we're going to, I want to mention Summit has an all-day affair, which mm-hmm. is an N.A. beer. Yeah, thank God. So I can't believe there's only one at this point. I know, but it'll be at Shanghai Henry's, and that's for everyone that wants that beer flavor but doesn't want to have alcohol. That'll be great. Yeah, Um. I can we just say there is, what was the one that I was like, I'm going to have a nightmare about? Oh, I think it was the... Um, <laughs> Well, I don't know. There's a couple of them that I'm a little worried about. How about the Walking on Sunshine Watermelon Blonde Ale, 4.4% ABV? That could be good. That'll be at Coasters. I mean, the Cucumber Summer looks good, too. Oh, I put that on my list, You know, list I too. love a cucumber beer. Me, too. Um, uh, yeah, that's cu- indeed brewing, and that'll be at Ballpark. That's 6.5% ABV. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. pretty solid. And the Electric Empress, I'm very excited about that. Me, Even too. Even though it is a cotton candy pink color, it's going to be a sour, and that's what I love about it. You know, it's going to be soft, lemon tart, acidity, plums, pears, all of that. So, and the Epic Yuzu, of course, at Dino's. I love Yuzu. That's like one of those things that is super, you know, Yuzu is that sort of a Japanese citrus. It has a very specific sort of tartness to it. Yep. I love it. I have that on my list, too. Okay. Our list well, is, yeah. Okay. I mean, so. that's how it's going to go. So, Let's talk about the oh. entries for the State Fair Blue Ribbon Baking Competition. Because you guys, here's the thing. August 9th. So this next week, you have to register by. You don't have to, like, bake your stuff and get your stuff. But there's a bunch of new contests this year that Dishers, again, I think we can win. <laughs> I hope. Dishers, I feel like you should do this. There's a couple new ones I wanted to point out. One of them is the Great Chocolate Cake Contest. I feel like we could do... We could really kill that one. Yeah. Um, it says, uh, prominently feature chocolate as an ingredient and flavor in your cake, um, solo or with complimentary flavors. Um, entries can be any size or shape, layer, sheet, tube, Stephanie, this has your name all over it. it. I think I might do the wacky cake in this one. Yeah, you could. I'm going to maybe try to do this one. The most unique and delicious cakes will win. What if I did like a wacky cake with like, 
I think maybe like maybe even if I, oh, okay, well I'm not going to tell you guys because it's because I'm going to win. I don't want you guys to beat me. Um, but the the prizes are like 175 dollars and up for the top three finishers. Yeah, the salad girl has a salad contest. Okay, talk about that. Uh, I think I this could be a good entry. So you have to use her products, and there's 11 dressing profiles. So mm. really, there's a lot of variety. And you bring your salad, and then you enter it, and you get 175 bucks if you win, and then you get to make your salad at the Cambria stage with her, with Pam. Okay, this is amazing. Okay, if you guys were baking sourdough, there's a contest for you. This yeah. is like, we just might as well call this the pandemic party uh, contest. I think Bradley Trainer should enter this. I do too. We should tell him. Supreme Sourdough Bread Contest. Uh, it's uh, prizes valued at $175. We'll go to the best sourdough bread bakers, plus bonus prizes will go to the fairs broader best in class first place bread winners from quick breads to yeast breads and that's sponsored by Kowalski's and you could have like a lemon bread a lemon poppy seed bread with a blueberry glaze yes Yum. how about the blue ribbon best cream pie contest we people love a cream pie oh I make a good cream pie make a your good creamiest, Atlantic beach pie creamiest dreamiest entry any shape or size creativity for the win 70 175 bucks again um, they have a best in class. There's, here's a funny one that I think this is the first ever, uh, energy bars and powerball recipes. You know, those little like peanut butter powerballs yeah. or like, what do they call them? Fat bombs, right? that kind of thing. Yep. Get cracking on your energy bars and powerball contrast. It's the first one. We want to see creative recipes using three C's. Okay. It's the cricketeers. Oh, three cricketeers. Cricket ones. Cricket oh. powder. That would be great because there's a ton of protein in it, yep. and that cricket powder is really delicious. Oh my gosh, you guys! Seriously, and then they talk about your salad bowl tournament, uh, saying that uh, you have to use any salad girl dressing and any other ingredients. Um, they're looking for nutritious, unique, innovative, and uh, creative recipes on that one. So you know, there's all of that. Um, oh, here's one more I wanted to mention because I do feel like this is something that the dishers love to do too. Low to no sugar showdown. Calling for the best quick breads made with Splenda products and no added sugar. Huh. So, and this is, you guys, prize total $350, $350 with $200 for first place, $100 for second, $50 for third place. You can win multiple places. Remember that. Like, if you do about multiple entries, you could win the whole $350 if you're that good. Okay. Uh, she's like, so basically those are perfect for those avoiding sugar, living with diabetes. They're thinking scrumptious scones, marvelous muffins, craverly coffee cake, quick breads made with fruit, vegetable spices qualify, anything you want. I do like that it's, there's a healthy a tr- yeah. situation here. So we've got the cricket powder, we've got the low sugar, we've got a salad. So I like that. That's yeah. a little upgrade. It feels like it does. I like that idea that. And then you get to be displayed in the in the cases. Can you imagine? Yeah. I still don't. I still want to do that. Um, competitor, you guys. So just to be clear, you have to register by Tuesday, August 9th at four thirty p.m. Your entry drop off will be on Saturday, August twentieth. That's the week before the state fair starts from nine thirty a.m. to one p.m. So make sure that you can do that. Yeah, you so just drive up and you bring your salad, but you do have to register in advance. Yes, August ninth. So there it is, and we'll uh, you know it's if you just go to the Minnesota State Fair page, you go to um, we'll put a link up. It's, I'll find it's it. It's creative activities. I mean, okay. and then you have to go through each little booklet to see each place, but it's just basically you go to um, participants, and then you it's uh, award or. Yeah, creativities, fair competitions under that. So there All we right. Go. All right, gang, we're going to take a quick break. and we come back, it's the S. Stephanie portion of the show. So make sure you give us a call, 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. 
It's the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, 651-641-1071. We'd love to have your live questions on the air. Don't dilly-dally. No dilly-dally. Call us now, 651-641-1071. Lexi is there waiting to take your calls. Um, I want to ask you, though, back on that State Fair competition thing, is there is there a thing that you would, that maybe we don't have, like a competition necessarily for it, but you think is a blue, what is the most blue ribbon-worthy thing that you make? Um, you wish there was, like, a competition for it because you think that you would win. Soup. <laughs> I think maybe that's true. <laughs> blue ribbon soup. Corn chowder? Maybe. Maybe. I have a good recipe for that coming up in the True North Cabin Cookbook. Oh, by the way, there are tickets on sale for the event that we're going to have that's going to launch the cookbook. It'll be Wednesday, September 14th. Steph is going to do a Q&A with me. It'll right. be at the Lynn Hall in Edina. You can get a ticket. We'll have everyone will be able to raise a glass of something. Yeah. And we'll have some snacks and we'll talk about the book and everyone will get a copy of the book with their ticket and I'll sign it. Yeah. Ellie and Kurt are going to be there. There are some people that I guess have some of the Barron's copies that they wanted signed. So I was like, oh, yeah, they're both going to be there. Oh, cute. So you can bring that too. And oh, that's he'll do cute. an impromptu sign. Yeah. I like that. That's okay. Very good. Our first question while Lexi gets our first call lined up, okay. call in 651-641-1071. Do you have a suggestion for dinner for a party of six in the western suburbs or downtown Minneapolis trying to impress a visiting sales manager and he loves Chinese food? Um, so this is a Chinese recommendation, western suburbs or downtown. Well, um, I mean, yeah, we don't have... Rainbow lo- Chinese. That's not downtown, really. Well, Eat Street, that counts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jenny Wong is amazing. Her family's I would say, place. Can you? I mean, and is it is it like they want like a formal dinner? I mean, that's the hard part. Is doesn't like, say. Yeah. Trying to impress a visiting sales manager. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I guess I would say also that. Um, I mean, I guess I say go to Billy Sushi, which isn't Chinese; it's Japanese. But I would say also go to Kadonomisa, which is also Japanese. Yep. Um, but those two are very impressive if you're really thinking Asian and not just you know Chinese. Um, but like Little Szechuan, that's in Bloomington. That's sort of Western suburbs if you want to take that as a as an idea. I would go, um, honestly, you know where I would go is um, the Little Legendary Spice, which is down here in Dinkytown. To me, that is, you know, they have a, they have, we've talked about this before. They have a restaurant in Chengdu, China, and they have one here. That's it. Yeah. Those I are like the that. two. Like, so that's very authentic and very family oriented. They have hot pot. That is super fun to do. Like super fun hot pot to do with someone, especially, you know, when you're kind of like we've, you know, it's like it's interactive if you're in, if yeah, you're trying to impress totally. someone. I think those would be my, I would say go to Legendary Spice and Dinky Town. All right. We have Kristen on the line. Hi, Kristen. You're live on the weekly dish. What can we help you with? Hi. Um, my, we found out our daughter's boyfriend is going to propose to her next weekend. It's a surprise. How exciting. Left. Yeah, and, and we adore him, and um, it's very happy. So he's trying to put together a party. They're going to be coming in from out of town. She loves Mexican. We're probably going to have a group of maybe 30 people at our house. Yep. I'm trying to figure out who I could get, um, like, Mexican food like like street tacos or something, like all the components of it to have here at the house that people can put together their own. Oh, El burrito. Yeah. Taco bar. Yeah. El burrito mercado. Well, uh, does that work? Because that's what I thought of immediately, but they're way over in West St. Paul. Have right? them deliver I'm, it. I'm sorry? Have them deliver it. Okay. So they can deliver 
pans of chicken tinga and babacoa and jalapeno poppers and all the things. And you can set it up yourself or they even have it where they can set it up for you. And the other one I would say is, is that, you know, Anamale's barbecue, you know, they do these great sort of like burrito taco things, but they do a catering, they have a catering arm that you could, they'll put everything together for you because I've done, you know, I've done ribs and stuff with them, but they also do that kind of stuff where you could, you just go and you pick up these big, beautifully packed tins of smoked meats and then, you know, burritos. The other one I would say is Nixta which is in Northeast Minneapolis, they have actual boxes that they kind of sell, but they can do something on a bigger scale where you get these great packs of their, you know, heirloom corn tortillas and then all the good meats and everything that go with it. That sounds great too. Yeah. And everyone will deliver provided that you pay them to deliver. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, where is Anamale located? Also, they're they're in Northeast Minneapolis as well. There, but okay. y- you'd want to call them. You'd want to just go to their website because they have uh, their catering division. They they would chat you up. You know, just call. It's them. like at yeah. a commissary. Yeah, yeah. Do you think anybody would have a problem with like a? I feel like this is relatively short notice, like a week when it's about thirty people. Yeah. No, you no. just got to call them. They'll get on yeah, it. Yeah, I would but, do yeah. that today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But okay. I think that's fine because those guys are all, you know, they're all like, they're all cooking tons of stuff. So, you know, you're not yeah. going to find a food truck at this late date no. or that kind of thing. But to deliver a catered yeah. food to you, no problem. Yep. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. Congratulations. How fun. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, okay. Someone has a note in here, and it could have been me, Stephanie, that put it in weeks ago. Cooking goes electric. No, that was me. Okay. <laughs> Our electric range is going to get better is the question here. So the thing is, is that there is a big push right now um, that. uh, Oh, natural gas is probably ruining the world and not ecological. And I will lay down before I give up my gas stove. I have an electric stove in Ely and it's the worst. Well, um, they are saying that electric cooking has never been more popular because According to data from the EPA, residential and commercial buildings contribute 13% of all greenhouse gas emissions. Um, heat and hot water make up most of the gas emissions in these buildings, followed by gas stoves. I This is not very politically correct, but I if Taylor Swift can be in her private jet, Listen, I, I can it. certainly use my gas stove. I guess what I'm saying is that what we're doing is we're looking at the future. Instead of the right now, this is maybe even not has to do with you. This has to do with the next generation. And I want to care about you guys. I do. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, um, it's. But I mean, even more for the fact that, uh, okay, cooking with electric affects the environment inside your home. Too, a 2017 report published by the Indoor Blah Blah Blahs revealed that without proper ventilation, cooking with gas can lead to elevated indoor levels of nitrogen dioxide. I believe that, and that they they exceed the EPA's regulations in outdoor spaces. Most people are venting their hood their hoods with microwave ovens that have like these little fans underneath that don't even work. Hate it. Linked to respiratory problems like asthma, you know, lung inflammation, all this kind of stuff. So what they're saying is that. That they're saying that this, it's not so much now, but it's considering the fact that electric cooking appliances are getting way better. So the stove that you're cooking on up at your is not the same as what they're working on to get us to electric. I Great. Think. And I do think I, you know, Steph Meyer, who, of course, you know, is one of our uh, favorite food persons. She lived in an apartment that had an electric stove and she cooked like she wrote cookbooks 
out of that kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, this is a woman who cooks professionally. I can't even imagine. And she had an electric stove. And so she was the one who looked at me and she was like, you can do it. If you need to, you can do it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just saying, like, maybe, you know, there is induction cooking, you know, reportedly saves three it goes times. Fast. It's yep. three times more energy efficient. Think about that. Okay. You know? I'm thinking. I know. I'm not ready to make the transition. I'm, I'm still laying on top of my gas grill. Yeah, I don't know. But there is some stuff that's kind of interesting. I'm just, and I'm kind of interested about people to find out, like, are they ready or are they not ready? I don't know. I'm in the not ready You're camp. Not Sorry. Ready. I love it. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back. We'll have the top two in hour two. Fun.